Man, that's awesome. Hey, we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes, that Freedom in Christ class that we have starting this, this week. And, and so we'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, but I do want to just say good morning to everybody. Hello. And so glad that you made it here to worship with us. Uh, whether you're here in the house or, or out there watching online, uh, so glad that you are joining us uh, in this hour because I, I really believe this makes a difference. It makes a difference when we come together and we worship God and celebrate Jesus. And when we don't miss that, I'm telling you, God does something, doesn't he? Amen. He does. He does something. So I'm glad uh, that you join us and because and God could do amazing things when we just do this together. Uh, but before we get to the message, uh, I do know that today uh, is 9-11. And I know that many of us, if not all of us, are uh, remembering or reflecting on the events of 9-11 uh, that was, it was one of those events that changed the world. It was one of those events that had changed the world, claiming that day uh, 2,977 victims and then another 411 uh, emergency responders losing their lives trying to rescue those people in the, in the aftermath. And I remember where I was on that day. I was, I was actually an engineer working in Washington, D.C., and I remember when the Pentagon was hit and, and the chaos that, that happened there. And so I do remember that every time this comes up, it, it reminds me of that day. Uh, being there. And, and I know uh, that when things like this happen, I, I'm choosing to talk about this because when things like this happen, I do think that it does often cause people to wonder why or ask God why. Why does this happen, and especially uh, to innocent people? And, and honestly, I think that's a fair question. I, I, I think people do uh, ask that. But, but here's, what I'm, here's what I want to say and why I'm talking about it uh, events of tragedy, injustice, they, they exist, they happen. Regardless if there is a God, which I know there is or isn't, it happens that, that this is uh, the result of sin. This is the result uh, of sin, and it doesn't discriminate everybody. Like, it, it reaches everybody. It doesn't discriminate based on who you are, where you live, or what kind of nationality you have. That is, this is the impacts of our sin. This is what sin does, unfortunately. But I do want to say this to you. God does have a response. God does initiate in this. If you look, if you just look through the Old Testament, you'll see God say things like, I am a father to the fatherless. He says, hey, if you oppress the poor, you oppress me. And so I think that he does uh, come to a place where he does have a response. But here's the thing, gang, not only that, not only that, as Christians, here's what we believe. He goes beyond this. He goes beyond just a response. You see, he did something for us to tell us that he knows. And, and here's what we believe as Christians. We believe uh, that Jesus came down as God and uh, in the flesh. And that flesh, everybody, is our identity. That's our, he, he took on our flesh, and that flesh that he took on ultimately did meet with injustice and pain and suffering and ultimately death on the cross. And so for me, and for many of us, we do know that God can say, I know. I've experienced loss. I know what loss is like. I know what suffering and pain is all about. And, I, and I've experienced that reality. Now follow me on this. Even though our sin is what ultimately is causing it. It's our sin that is causing all these things that are happening for. And then for me, in fact, here's where I got to. If the resurrection of Jesus Christ is true, Okay, if it is true, which I, I know it is, then that does mean at some point, here's where the, the turn is for us, then suffering does have something it will be made up for. It will be made up for because if the resurrection is true, it could be vindicated, it could be made right, and God is the only way that this actually makes sense. It's the only way that makes sense for me. I came to that conclusion a long time ago, that God is the only, he is our only hope. He is our only uh, thing to look to, and that's my prayer 
for, for us as we think through things like this. That's my prayer and hope for anybody. And when any of the time this thing happens, that, that he is our one and only hope. And so today, I just wanted to make sure that I, that, that I do talk about it, cover it, and say uh, that we do want to respond. And for us as a community of believers, here's, how, here's where I want to go. Uh, as we are remembering the events of 9-11, I, I want us to pray. I want us to pray about this uh, for the world, but I also want to use this as a time for us to think through who God called us to be. Uh, who we are, that we are a representation of the hope and the light of Jesus Christ in this world, that God can, he's the only one that can make sense, but we are called to be the church in this broken world and uh, that we're his response as well. And I think we need to take on that responsibility whenever we can. And, and, and I also do think it is appropriate, I just wanna say real quick, uh, to recognize uh, the many people who on a daily basis come to our rescue come to our rescue. Uh, they give their lives over in times of uncertainty and chaos. And so I, I feel like it is appropriate to recognize uh, any military or first responders here. If you are a first responder uh, or a military past and present, could you stand up for us? I would love to recognize you and say thank you. Could you please stand so that we could praise God if you are in military, first responder, past, present. Let's help me and just say thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We, we do praise God for you. You, you. you represent when you do those things what God does for us. And I just thank you for who you are and, and, and the call that you've had in your life. And so I also do want us to respond as a community of believers. Uh, so this morning, here's what we're gonna do. Just as a, we just wanna be the uh, uh, help in our communities. We're gonna donate $1,000 each to the Hurricane and Taze Valley Fire Departments, okay? Uh, yeah, so just thank you so much for what you do. And that's what we're gonna do uh, just to say thank you. So, so let me pray for us and then we'll get going. God, uh, I do think it is appropriate to stop and think about things like this. Um, but Lord, you cause us not to just memorialize, but, but look to a greater hope, a greater cause, a greater thing that can make sense of all of this that we go through. And God, we know that you are our hope, that you do have an answer and a response to this. And God, I just pray for us as a church here, wherever we land with this, wherever our hearts may be, that you help us as believers in Christ see that, that we are a solution. We are a part of your solution, God, that we are a part uh, of being the light and hope and the help uh, in this broken world. Help us to see that and, and be a part of that solution. We, we love you and we pray this in the Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, we are starting today a brand new series and we're calling it Set free, okay? And I am really, really looking forward to this. I really think God is gonna do something special over the next five weeks if we stay checked in because here's what we're gonna do. We are going to look at some things that are going to help, I believe, every believer if we give God this space to actually find some tremendous freedom in our lives. Tremendous freedom. I just really believe God is going to do something great uh, over the next five weeks. And so let's get to it right away. If you have your sermon notes, go ahead and get those out because we're going to start with the scripture on the top of your sermon notes uh, and get right to this whole thing. So we're going to be in John chapter 8 and we're going to see what Jesus says to set this whole series up. It's going to be our theme verse for the entire series. It's in John 8, verse 31. And here's what Jesus said it says this it says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. All right, so I wanna talk about this for a second. So what we see here is Jesus was talking to people who already believed, right? It says that they believed in him. And so that's really important to see. We need to see this uh, because here's what is important to know. You need to know 
that there are people who are not set free from things, okay? Not set free from things or who have issues or hangups or all kinds of things like that. And that's not reserved for just people who don't believe in God. You gotta catch that. He's talking to believers. And so what he's saying is he's like, if you abide in my word, if you follow what I say, then you're my disciples. He says, and then you will know the truth, which is after the fact, right? Then you will know the truth. And so what this is saying is that when you get saved, okay, when you get saved, I'm talking to hopefully a lot of people that have been saved, that salvation moment, that moment that you remember as a kid or last year or, or whenever that was that you know that you came to a knowing, saving relationship in Jesus Christ. Gang, listen, that doesn't complete the process. That begins it. That starts the process. And so what he's saying is you need to go through this process of truth, of, of knowing God's word, applying God's, in, God's word in your life, and then he's saying that will set you free. You're not automatically free as a believer in Christ. This is really important to understand because you gotta do some things to be set free, to which we would ask, set free from what? Or set free to do what? And my answer is from a lot of things. Set free from a lot of things. But, but Jesus, thankfully, actually answers that for us in a few chapters. If you're in your Bibles, jump to John 10, because he actually answers this question. Here's what he says. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I've come that you might have life, not just life, but life to the full. He said, that's what I want you to have. That's what you can get. And so Jesus is saying, again, he's talking to believers, not just people who don't believe. He said, freedom comes, freedom can come to anybody who believes in me, but there is a process, there is a process by which to be set free. And this freedom, this freedom will set every believer up if you, if you get on this path with Jesus to have life, not just life, but full abundant life. That sounds pretty good. I, I wanna do that, sign me up for that, right? That's what we're gonna do. And so this series, we're gonna go after talking about what living free is all about. What it looks like, what are some things that we need to think about? What are things that we're not doing? What are things that we need to do uh, to get and see the full life that Jesus is saying can happen? Because here's the reality, and this is why we're gonna talk about it over the next five weeks. The reality is this, there are a lot of Christians who don't actually know or experience what being free really means. That there is a bondage that a lot of Christians are still living in. A friend of mine, uh, he works in the Freedom in Christ Ministries that Chris was talking about just a little bit ago. And here's what he shared. He said that the Freedom in Christ uh, was working through doing a survey and they were working with a research firm uh, that surveyed Christians, okay? And it said they found that around 80 plus percent of Christians read verses like John 10, 10, that Jesus said, I came to life, give you life and life to the full. 80% read verses like that and don't feel like that's true of their lives. That's sobering. That's sobering. And I don't know where some of you are. My guess is there are many of you here, if that's true, that are, say, that's me. I don't feel like I really am in that full, abundant life. And if that's you, here's what I wanna say. I'm not okay with that for you. I'm not. I don't want that with my life for God, and I surely don't want that for my church. I don't want that for you either, because I, here's what I believe. I believe Jesus doesn't lie. Amen? And he says, I want you to have life and have it to the full. You can be free to have that full life. And so if he says that and we, he doesn't lie, hey, everybody, let's get after it. Amen? Let's get after that free life that he wants. Anybody want that? 
I want it for you. I don't care if you do or not, okay? I want that for you. And we're gonna talk about that over the next five weeks, what it looks like. What are some things that we get free from, okay? So over the next five weeks in here, we're gonna go after that. We're gonna look at some things and how Jesus sets us free and how that plays out. And then, and then, after those five weeks, we are gonna have a baptism service on October 16th because I believe, I am praying for earnestly that a lot of you are gonna come to know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. And the first step in obedience is to get baptized. So we're gonna make that super easy for you and you can sign up and just get baptized. if it's today, then in four or five weeks, and then if it's next week, we're just gonna, we're just gonna do that and we're gonna get you baptized and make that available on October 16th. And there are many of you here who have not done that. You're a believer in Christ and you have not gotten baptized. This is it for you. This is your chance, your opportunity. I wanna baptize as many people as possible. I won't even do a sermon, everybody. I promise you, we, if, that, if there's that many people, let's go. I won't even do a sermon. I'll just say amen and we'll leave, all right? So let's do it. Let's do it, amen? Man, it's gonna be awesome. I believe God's gonna do something. I'm putting, my, I'm putting my money where my mouth is on that. I think it's going to be awesome. So we're gonna give you an opportunity to do that. And then finally, just again, to, we're just going all, all in on this. Uh, we are starting also this Wednesday Wednesday, a freedom in Christ class that's going, if, if this is something that's intriguing to you, to understand what freedom is, to actually live out this life that Jesus says we can have as believers, uh, there's a 10-week class that we're gonna start on Wednesday night. You can sign up today. Sign up today. If you need help signing up, that I'll be out there in the lobby. Go to the guest services table. We will help you get signed up. It is an awesome class. I will tell you this. Courtney and I took it last semester, uh, and that's where you heard the testimony before. We've done groups and classes and things our entire marriage, and that was one of the best things we ever did. It was awesome. It unlocked so many things for us. It allowed us to talk about a lot of things that Jesus wanted to do in us. And we made it easy for you. Sign up today, go on Wednesday night. It's 10 weeks and then you're done. You know when you're gonna be done, okay? So that's good. Uh, and it's great. It's a group format. There's worship there. There's teaching there. Uh, it's, it's really, really good. So sign up for that. If this is at all interesting to you, you will not regret it, okay? So that's all we're gonna do, all right? That we got a lot going on and I think it's gonna be great. So let's get to the first step today. And today what we're going to talk about in this first step of freedom that Jesus wants to give is we've got to understand who I am. Who I am. Who am I? So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those and open them up to John, or Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, all right? And as you're getting there to Ephesians chapter 1, uh, here's the reality that a lot of Christians face in this first step of knowing who I am. There are far too many Christians who know that you're saved. Like you prayed the prayer of salvation. You've been baptized. You've gone through all the steps. You know you're going to heaven, but still you don't even know who you really are in Christ. And this is really crucial for us to understand, okay? Because here's the truth for everyone here, whether you believe in Jesus or not, this is actually how you uh, are living because this is how everybody lives. And it's this, if you're taking notes, I live who I believe I am. I live who I believe I am, that's true of everybody in this room and everybody watching. That our identities, listen, our identities, our beliefs about ourselves lead to behaviors that shape our lives uh, because here's, what's, here's what we gotta think about. It doesn't matter what's actually true about you if you believe something else. You're gonna, always gonna live out what you believe about yourself. I will simply just live out who I believe I am. Now, I wanna give like an illustration to help people because if you're a visual person like me, hopefully this will help you a little bit. So somewhere in your margins right there, uh, I want you to draw a circle, okay? Draw a circle. And in the circle, if you're a visual like this, this is gonna help you. Right in the circle, I couldn't get the whole word in there, identity or ID. This is where everybody starts, that there is an identity 
that, that you're living out to. And that identity, as you go, you're gonna draw an arrow, uh, has tendencies of who I believe I am. And those tendencies lead to actions, all right? Your actions come out of who you believe you are. And then what happens is those actions then lead to consequences, good or bad. Those actions that you do lead to consequences. And then those consequences actually lead to the reality of how you live. So so this is actually the visual. This is living who I believe I am. That's the picture of that statement. It is almost impossible to live differently from who you believe you are. It all comes out of our identity. We We live who we believe we are. Courtney and I are, are working on this with our kids. We notice this a lot uh, with our kids. Uh, they're young, but, but we're seeing how they're living out who they believe they are, okay? Uh, and, and the influence uh, of their identity is coming from all over the place. I notice that as well. Now, it's coming from me and Courtney mostly, but it's also coming from other places. It's coming from classmates, all right? Uh, it's coming from teachers, really good teachers, but it's also coming from TV, right? So some of that's good and right, some of that's not so good and, and, and not, not so right. And so Courtney and I are really big on saying truths to them uh, when we're correcting them uh, instead of like, you know, yelling at them or telling them just to do this or not do that. We say truths about this. For instance, one of them not too long ago said they brushed your teeth. They didn't brush your teeth. It was obvious they didn't brush your teeth. You know what I'm saying? Like, obvious. And so it was an opportunity for us to, to do something. So we spoke a truth into them. And here's what we said. Hey, you're an honest person. You're an honest person. So honest people can't tell lies, right? Right. Because we want them to believe who they are. Now, it uh, doesn't work all the time. Saying, hey, you're a, you're, you're a clean person, uh, so you can't have a messy room. That's not working right now, but we're working on that, okay? We're getting there. We're getting there. Point is, point is, listen, it's really important what you put in that circle. You see that? Really important what we put in that circle. And the point today is this, that as a Christian, as a Christian, there are identities that God gives you. There are truths and realities that are true of you. And I just wanna look at a few of those today. And like I say, if you're interested in this, I'm only gonna cover like three or four truths today. Freedom in Christ covers like dozens and dozens of them that are so important in the life of a believer. I can't tell you or emphasize enough to, to get in that class if, if you're really uh, seeing this is a good thing for you. Okay, so uh, I wanna look at a few of these to get us started uh, because here's the bottom line. So, so I live who I believe I am, but here's what God wants you to believe about yourself. It's this, that I am as a believer in Christ, who God says I am, even on my worst days. That's who you are. I am who God says I am, even on my worst days. And so let's take a look at some things that God says about you, okay? Just to get us sort of a good base of understanding. So we're gonna read Ephesians 1. We're gonna look at the beginning of Paul's letter to the church, which is to us as well. I believe that this is applicable to us as well. So Ephesians 1, verse 1, here's what he says. It says, Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Leave that up there for a second. Now, uh, as we go through this, if you have your Bibles out there, I always encourage underline or circle something. Uh, This is a really good one to highlight if I were you. I would highlight or circle in Christ. In Christ, because gang, listen, Those two words, in Christ, changes everything for you. Those two words, in Christ or through Christ, I didn't know if you know this, is the most common identifier for you as a believer in Christ. It shows up over 140 times in the New Testament to say, hey, this is who you are. 
This is who you are. We are, at our core, in Christ. It's the most important thing for us in the life that we're living. And here's why this matters. This is why this matters, this word, these words, in Christ. Because there are people, there are people that look at their faith through the lens of something else. Sorry about that. Through the lens of something else. They look at their faith through the lens of something else. And so whatever lens you are looking at your faith through, that's what's going to influence your faith. But that's not what we do. In Christ is not, that's not, that's not what in Christ people do. See, what we do, what we wanna do is we wanna look at everything through the lens of being in Christ. We, we gotta get that in the right order. So for me, for instance, for me, uh, looking at being an American, I, lo- I like being an American, being a husband, being a dad, all those are really great. But when I see them through the lens of being in Christ, you see, then, then this is gonna dictate all those other things and not the other way around. So my patriotism, for instance, will never trump my faith. It's gonna be my faith will always uh, help me and dictate the patriotism that I have. Doesn't mean I'm not patriotic, but it does mean that my faith will absolutely influence how I see it. And unfortunately, there are a lot of Christians that get that messed up. And we, we can't be like that if we're in Christ. So as a Christian, the most important thing about me is that I'm in Christ. It's the filter by which I should see everything else. Okay, let's keep going. Read verse three. He goes on. He says this. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Did you see how many times in Christ and through Christ is there, how important that is. So if you're taking notes, here's the first thing uh, that we wanna know about ourselves is this, is that in Christ, I am chosen. I am chosen. In verse four, it says, he chose you. He chose you. So just think about this. God had you in mind, you, before he made anything else. He knew you. He, he had you in mind before anything else existed. So that means he looked forward in time, saw you as existing today, that he knew you that well. And, he, and, and probably before he made anything else, and he chose to make you exist and flourish and know him. There's nothing like being chosen, right? Nothing like it. If you're a husband or a wife, like, that's amazing that, that they chose you. You know what I'm saying? Some of you are like, yeah, that really is amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like, nothing like being chosen. Or if you have a dog, come on, man, there's nothing like that. Like, you can leave for two seconds. It's like you've been gone for eight years. Their tail's just going nuts and all that stuff because they chose, cats not so much. But dogs are great. Which, there's nothing like being chosen. The Bible says God chose you. Some of us need to sit in that for a minute. He chose you. And not only that, it says that you were predestined. You were predestined. And what that means is that God has a destiny for you. He has a destiny for you for two really big things. One is to come to know Jesus as your savior, but also that you have a unique purpose to make a difference for his kingdom on this earth. And I'm telling you, it changes your view if if you know that's how God sees you. It's a truth about you. He chose you and that's the royal you not like all of us no you specifically he chose you now the next two identities we're going to find in seven and eight verses seven and eight so drop down to verse seven here's what it says in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight 
And so the next thing that we need to know uh, as we come through this is that in Christ I'm chosen, but in Christ I am also valued, that I'm valued. Here's, what, here's how valued you are. You are so valued that it says, just said it right there, that Jesus spilled his blood to redeem you. That's pretty valuable, that he sacrificed that for you. Listen, you, you will never feel completely valued until you actually find your value in Jesus who died for you. You'll never, when you really come to terms with that, that he gave his life for you. And here's what you need to know. This is what I think some of us miss. Even if you were the only person that ever existed, he still would have done it for you. Think about that. Think about that. Some of you don't feel valued. Actually, some of you feel more devalued than valued. Maybe you feel taken advantage of at work by your boss or even at home or, or unappreciated. Some of you feel that, right? Some of you have, have been carrying this baggage for a long time in your life. Maybe it's parents that you could just never live up to their expectations. And so you still live through this weird thing and listen to this voice of you're not good enough. Never will be good enough. And I'm telling you, if you base your value on what your boss says, or that friend who betrayed you thinks, there's trouble there, there's trouble there. And it's fortunately, unfortunately what a lot of us do. The only thing that matters though, listen to me, is what does your heavenly father think of you? And he's telling you, you're valued. You're very valued. The Bible says you are highly valued by God. I love verse eight. This is how valued you are. It's, I love it. He says it, he lavished his grace on you. That word lavish is awesome because what it means is he poured it onto you so much that it even like goes in excess. It pours out everywhere. That's how much he, he puts it on you. I love that. I love thinking about that. Maybe for some of us, we need to stop and think about that. How much grace did he give us? He lavished it on me. He valued me that much. The only value you need that will ever fill you up, that will ever get you that place is what comes from your heavenly father. I just think it's so easy to get mixed up in where we find our value, isn't it? I think it is, but, but God's saying, no, I wanna make sure you know how valued you are. And here's a third one, it's in there as well. The third one is in Christ, I'm chosen, I'm valued, I'm also forgiven. I'm forgiven. So verse four says, if you back up, it says that we are blameless in God's sight. We are blameless in God's sight. It means, here's what it means, that, you, that he no longer blames you for your sin. He no longer blames you for your sin if you're in Christ. That he looks at, here's what, he uses a filter too. He looks at me through the lens of Jesus. That's, that's amazing. He, so he doesn't really see me, he sees me through the lens of Jesus who is perfect. And he says, now you are blameless in my sight. Jesus was blameless, now you are because of what Jesus did for you. It's really amazing to think about that. That because here's, here's the reality for us. Your sin is real. It's real. Every one of us has it, and it created something, a debt. And that debt has to be paid. That's the thing about debts. They have to be paid, and it's bad debt. It's really bad. I mean, it's what separates you from you and God. That's what your sin does. But God says to so those who believe by putting their faith in his son Jesus says, I mean, this is amazing, I forgive it. Some of us just need to think about that a little bit. He just looks at Jesus and he goes, I forgive it if you believe in him. Your debt, that list, that whole list of infractions, those mess ups, those mistakes, all those things that you did that are a real problem with me, real big problem with me, that stuff that's really dark that you know you would never want anybody else to know about, it is in fact canceled because of my son. 
God mercifully resolved this whole thing with you through one act, the cross, the cross. The cross is where Jesus paid the debt. He paid the debt because that debt is still real. It is still real, but the debt is done, he says. It is paid. The charges are dropped yesterday, today, and forever, and for all those who are in Christ. Anybody say amen to that? Amen. Yeah, man, that's awesome. It says in him we have redemption, redemption. To be redeemed, to be redeemed means, listen, to be restored to its original value. It goes back to value. That's what being redeemed like, uh, is, is like. Some of you here, even though you know this, you know you're forgiven, you sometimes don't feel it. And that, that's a result of sin still. It's a result of still being in a broken world. But you need to know this. Here's what you need to know. There is no sin that God is unwilling to forgive if you come to him and confess it. That's amazing what forgiveness does. No sin that he is unwilling to forgive if you confess it to him and give it to him. And you have to believe this. You have to believe this. You will not be looked at for what you've done ever again. You w- he will look at you through the filter of Jesus every time. And he'll go, there's my son. Some of us need to think about that one a little. Let's drop down to verse 13 for the last one. It says this, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, we were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So again, in Christ, I'm chosen. In Christ, I am valued. In Christ, I am forgiven. Here's the fourth one if you're writing this down. In Christ, I'm also secure. I am secure. In the book of Romans, we did a, a study on Romans a few months ago if you wanna look into it. This is amazing. Paul spends in the book of Romans seven chapters, all right, seven chapters talking about one thing, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the, the good news of Jesus. So that's the bad news about us and, and the sin and the good news of Jesus. But he says this, he says that when Jesus, who was perfect, okay, died in our place, it made God able to justify or stamp good, stamp as good, all who trust in Jesus, okay? And in Romans 8, 1, he summarizes all of that for us to understand. In, in Romans 8, 1, he says, he gives to all of us who are saved. He goes, now for you, there is now therefore no condemnation then for you if you are in Christ. If you're in Christ, there's no condemnation for you. It's amazing. God says there's no death sentence for you anymore. Jesus' work is still finished in you. There is an amazing confidence that we should have in Christ. I don't know about you, but looking and seeing that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, that's strong language, everybody. That we are sealed with it, that's pretty powerful. That's pretty secure. So in Christ, in Christ, I am chosen. In Christ, I am valued. In Christ, I am forgiven. And in Christ, I am secure. That is who you are. Isn't that amazing what God says about you? And so how do we go, how do we go from knowing what this is to actually really getting these going in, in our lives and experiencing these things. So three things that I think will help us keep these identities uh, uh, in front of us and, and experiencing who I truly am. We're gonna go through these really quick. Uh, here's the first one that I gotta do. I've gotta get past who I was and I gotta get with who God says I am. That's huge. You gotta get past who you were and get with who God says you are. You are called to be a son or daughter of the most high God. Don't believe anything else that comes your way, okay? And you are not here to live about what you were, but who God wants you to become. Amen, everybody? That's where he wants you to be. Look at, look at what Colossians says about this. He goes, hey, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Gang, I'm here to tell you something. This is the process that, that this is why we exist. 
We are here to get you out of that used to and get you to the but now. That's why we're a church. That's why we do what we do. That's why we want you to get in a group. That's why we want you to go to Freeman Christ class. That's why we have great family ministry for you. That's why we do all of these things. Gang, there's too many of us living in the used to and you need to get to the but now. Amen, everybody? Get to the but now with God. So I gotta get past who I was and get with who God. Here's a second one that I need to do. I need to give God permission to change what needs changed. Change can happen and God wants to change you. But you, you gotta give him permission. You have to give him permission to change you. You gotta get to a place uh, where he's saying, hey, listen, God, there is no part of my life that is off limits to you. There's no part of my life that is off limits to you. And I think a lot of times, I'm just gonna tell you why you don't see some change happening or why a lot of people don't see change happening is because you see the thing that you wanna change over here, but this thing over here, God, no, 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 don't touch that one. That's not how it works. There can't be any do not enter signs with you and your heavenly father. If you want change to happen, you gotta say, God, I'm gonna trust what you say. Uh, So the question is why? Why Why would I give him permission like that? Well, it goes back to what Jesus said. I don't know about you, but if he says, I want you to be free and I want you to have life and life to the full, that's what I wanna do. So God, you have permission. You have permission. Some of us need to think about that a little bit. Here's what Psalm says. Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now listen, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. Change can happen, but you gotta give God permission to change. Some of you need to give him more access to your life. Here's the third one really quick. The third one is that I also need to believe change could begin today. Change could begin today. Here's what 2 Corinthians 3 says about it. It says, but we all, listen to the words here and then we'll be done. We all, with unveiled face, what's that mean? I'm not hiding anymore. You know everything about me, Lord, and you still say that I'm chosen, I'm valued, I'm forgiven, I'm secure. So I am coming with unveiled face. I like no inhibitions, man. I'm, I'm here with, that's an amazing thing right there. Beholding as in a mirror, to what? He says, to the glory of the Lord. And so for us, when we hold up that mirror, we're seeing the truth of God. We're not just seeing us, we're seeing the truth of God. And we are being transformed, listen to this, into the same image, the same image of Jesus, from glory to glory, just by the Spirit of the Lord. Change can happen, but sometimes it takes time. But gang, listen to me, it could begin today. You gotta believe that. We are being changed into the image of his son, Jesus. And it's an amazing thing to think about. How? How does he do that? Because I am who God says I am. Listen to me, even on your worst day. Even on your worst day, you are who God says you are. So in Christ, we believe who God says we are and what he tells us. And then we allow that identity, not any other identity, to drive what we do. You don't have to live any way anymore. Like you don't have to live any other way anymore if you know that identity about you. This is the first step in freeing, knowing who you are. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the identities that you do give us in Christ. That in Christ, that changes everything about us, but it goes beyond that, it goes beyond that. So I pray for us to have this courage to step into that identity, the courage to not just see what you say, but to really believe it because I will live who I believe I am. And you are telling us what to believe. So I pray for those of us who are struggling in some of these to have the courage to step into these identities and and to step into that class that we're starting on Wednesday night uh, to help us a little bit more uh, because we just wanna live according to what you say about us. That's what I wanna do. 
And we can leave everything else, take everything else off that hinders us from living the life that Jesus offers us because in Christ, that changes everything. We love you, God. I pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, just really quick for a few seconds, I wanna, I got a few announcements. One, Freedom in Christ class, sign up for that. Wednesday night, you sign up for today. I'm telling you, you won't regret it. Two, uh, we have bookmarks out there, Freedom and, Freedom and Christ bookmarks. Make sure you grab one. Three, if you are new here, uh, we have a lot more people coming, and so we're asking for no one to exit out of the south uh, direction. Everybody exit out this way because that really messes a lot of traffic up. So everybody exit out the north. I know. Please do that, uh, and you'll be free in Christ. Okay, so <laughs> please do that, and then Biden is work. Hey, We'll see you guys next week. And again, I'll be out there if you need some help. Don't forget to sign up for Freedom of Christ if, if you think that'll be a good thing. See ya.